0: Chapters twenty five and twenty six of the Life and Doctrine of Saint Catherine of Genoa. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Boulet. The Life and Doctrine of Saint Catherine of Genoa. Chapters twenty five and twenty six. Chapter twenty five the perfection of this saint thus illuminated by god the true light could not be understood for it did not manifest itself by outward acts but all her perfection was in the interior of her soul in the view of herself and of her god with whom she was united in an extraordinary manner and also in secret interior conversations some of which she repeated twice although she could poorly utter them in words not as they actually took place within, for they were unutterable, and she could only express them by solemnitudes. The state of this soul was not passive, as it is wont to be with others, for so profound was her sense of the importance of what she saw, that it inflamed her heart to such a degree, that she felt dangerously ill. It is easy to perceive from this, how far such a creature was removed from the common experience, usually men hardly feel any compunction for the sins they have committed and of venial offences they scarcely make any account but the body of the saint was almost rent in pieces when it was given her to see the greatness of even a venial sin and if god had discovered to her one of these sins in herself she certainly would have fallen dead HER SUFFERINGS WERE OFTEN SO GREAT, THAT RECOURSE WAS HAD TO MEDICAL TREATMENT, AND letting OF BLOOD WAS ORDERED TO RELIEVE THE BURNING FIRE OF THE SPIRIT, AND RESTORE THE POWER OF SPEECH, BUT WITH LITTLE EFFECT. MEDICINES WERE ALSO ADMINISTERED WHEN SHE SEEMED NEAR HER END, BUT THEY INCREASED HER SUFFERING, ALTHOUGH SHE TOOK THEM IN OBEDIENCE. IT THEN BEGAN TO BE UNDERSTOOD THAT GOD WAS THE AUTHOR OF THESE THINGS, AND SHE WAS LEFT TO STRUGGLE WITH HER ATTACKS WITHOUT MEDICINE but it required great care and watchfulness to preserve her life. The devoted attendants who surrounded her were confounded, and she sometimes said, in a voice scarcely audible, Now my heart seems as if in ashes, I am consuming with love. At other times, to relieve her humanity, she would go into a solitary apartment, and there cast herself upon the ground, crying, Oh, love, I can bear no more. And writhing in agony, the house would resound with her cries and lamentations sometimes when walking in the garden, she would address the plants and trees, saying, Are you not creatures created by my God? Are you not obedient to him? And thus discoursing, she would obtain some relief for her sufferings. But if she perceived she was overheard, she suddenly stopped and answered any one who spoke to her according to the necessities of the affairs of human life. Chapter 26 This soul had so close a union with God, and her free will was brought into such subjection, that she felt no resistance nor choice, having conquered all things, more than humanity can comprehend. Yet she said there were three things too, two of which she could not consent, and a third which she could not but desire. In the first place she could not consent to, nor commit any, even the smallest sin. For having the greatest horror of sin, and having attained, through the sight of her own misery, to the greatest simplicity, she did not perceive it in others, and could not comprehend how men could consent to it, particularly to mortal sin. And if perchance she saw with her own eyes some inexcusable sin, still she could not understand that there could be in man the malice of sin, believing that others honored God as she honored him secondly and this although obscure to the imperfect intellect was clear to her she could not unite with the will of god in suffering so cruel a passion and she would rather have endured all the pains of all the souls in hell than that her love should suffer such punishment the third thing and it was this that she could not refrain from desiring was holy communion for holy communion is nothing but god himself And in this, she testified the great reverence and honor in which she held priests. Namely, by affirming that if the priest had not been willing to give her communion, she would have taken it patiently and not persisted. But wishing to receive communion, she could not say that she did not wish it. End of chapters 25 and 26